Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zarrell. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. And joining us this week is Josh Adams and Zach Kovemaker. Hello! Hey! <laughs> Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our handle is CriticsPod. Subscribe to the show, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Alexa, Stitcher, all your podcatchers. Tune in. Uh, YouTube, we're on YouTube as well. Uh, like all the posts there, like some people have. I think Jason Mollett's gone through and liked all of them for us. Nice. I forget you guys were on YouTube, and so I haven't gone there to look quite yet. Sometimes I think he just puts it on and walks away to give us a view or two. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are on YouTube. Uh, if you like to just look at a picture and listen to us. Uh, what else am I forgetting? Patreon. I hate critics. Done at such Patreon is the best way to help support the podcast. we got a couple new uh incentives coming next year uh that should make the show more interactive hopefully uh and then our podcast merch tab on ihatecritics.net uh i need to contact cousin jeff because i had the money ready to go and i'm gonna look into three different designs for you know some part of next year that we'll have that should be some should be a little bit fun uh his the one he sketched for us for the william william defoe's confusingly large penis was i mean he did it so fast <laughs> that's what she said incredibly talented that wasn't one i was thinking i'd want until he did, he drew it drew it up like that and i was just like i need that shirt <laughs> <laughs> and then batman versus jesus and then our batman v jesus and then cameron diaz's shoulder thank you josh <laughs> oh you're welcome uh we'll start with trailers uh tenet Christopher Nolan. I don't get it. <laughs> isn't, that the, isn't that the point, though? He, okay. He's supposed to be confusing. I mean, yeah, sure. I don't, I don't get it. Kind of looks like a car's rip off. Doesn't Maynard drive backwards a lot? Isn't that? <laughs> I admit that's not a thought that went through my head and when I was watching this trailer. You went through my head a lot, though, which was, oh, looks like something Bob's going to hate or something like that. But I, I'm very excited about it, of course, not only because I really appreciate Christopher Nolan, but um, as soon as my wife and I were looking at that car reverse itself, and he says it hasn't happened yet. We both look at each other and said, time travel! <laughs> so <laughs> She's a huge time travel fan. Um, I leech off of her. And yeah, we're, so we'll be there. He's dead. And he's a secret agent. And he can climb walls. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is Christopher Nolan, like, having fun again. I'm actually excited. Like, I haven't... I appreciated Dunkirk and Interstellar, but I, I didn't really like them. Uh, I I wanted Nolan to get back to this like Inception, fun, goofy, weird sci-fi shit again. So I'm I'm pretty excited actually. We'll have to make Inception the classic because, like I said, I a million times on the show, I haven't really seen it. I watched it at a drive-through at midnight, and that doesn't really count for that movie. <laughs> But otherwise, I mean, no one's known for plot holes. So, well, this looks like a complicated movie. So if he can, <laughs> I'm sure that he will make it sound smart enough to cover up anything that's actually missing. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna say quantum like a million times. You're gonna get it. <laughs> it's gonna go way over our heads. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> Nolan's better than us. <laughs> I disagree. Downhill. 
downhill. This is a remake of a foreign film called Force Majeure with uh, one of the uh, greatest premises of, of any movie ever. Basically, the idea is that this family is on vacation at this uh, resort, the ski resort. Uh, they're having lunch at this outdoor cafe, and an avalanche begins to happen. And the father, instead of uh, leaping in front of his wife and children, gets up and runs away. <laughs> and, and then, of course, it's just dealing with the, the – they every, everybody survives. And it's just kind of dealing with the fact that this coward just abandoned his family to run away. Who better than Will Ferrell to play that? And they add a little touch here that's not in Force Majeure. As you watch the trailer, Will Ferrell reaches back and grabs his cell phone, which is not in the original movie, but it's such a perfectly Will Ferrell touch. He gets up to run away and he grabs his cell phone first. I can't wait to see this. I can't wait. Wasn't this a movie that um, oh, four or five years ago, the actual original was part of the best picture foreign film category yeah. and may have even won? I was wondering why uh, it would need an English version remake. Because I didn't see it, but I watched the trailer for it and knew about it and everything. Is it worth a remake? Is oh, it, it supposed to be funny or is there a deep drama? It, it is. It's dramatic, but it's also weirdly like darkly comic in that way. Okay. I think the purpose of a remake or something like that is what you just said. I didn't see it. Uh, we, all, <laughs> we all went, but a lot of people saw Old Boy. A lot, a lot of those horror movies, Let the Right One In, Martyrs, all got remakes. None of them needed them because all the remakes were Somebody way lesser. Martyrs? Yes. Wow. Don't. It was, uh, but those movies don't need a remake because one martyrs went straight to video. So did old boy, and I mean, let me in was decent, but a lot of people saw that one. Not a lot of people saw this, at least in terms of your average. You know, because we're all kind of movie guys, and I'm pretty sure only Sean's seen it of the four of us. So. <clears throat> but I think it looks. It doesn't look like a Will Ferrell screaming movie as much as I love those. This just looks like they're trying a little harder, and I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus is a good touch to work with them. I'm kind of excited about it, personally, although it makes me wonder if I'd run away or not. (laughs) I'd like to think I wouldn't, but I've never really been in that scenario. (laughs) Uh, St. Maud. Inject this into my veins. This is amazing. This looks like uh, Midsummer crossed with First Reformed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on board. It's it's already my favorite movie of next year. <laughs> <laughs> of course, when those words Midsummer and Hereditary popped up on the screen, it didn't even matter if uh, they wrote it or produced it. It's just from the studio that brought you those. It's A24. Yeah, I mean, they're fantastic. And that trailer, I have to admit, was pretty fantastic. I mean is somebody that doesn't have a lot of faith that it'll blow me away or anything like that. Uh, it's a pretty solid trailer. It's got elements of, of Rosemary's baby, maybe the exorcist, the conjure, all of those little things, but it seems to be taking it just that more seriously. You know, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but it looks good. It looks disturbing. Like the whole, uh, the thing with putting the spikes in her shoes, oh. that messed me up for the rest of the trailer. <laughs> like, that alone, like, I was just like, oh, God. 
Like, that's eat your heart out, Daniel Stern. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. If every scene in the Da Vinci Code was just Paul Bettany flailing himself, yeah. <laughs> now see, I'd watch that. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Have you seen Midsummer yet, Josh? Nope. I know that it's out. Um, you gotta watch to it, watch Josh. it digitally, it's but. I mean, you don't you have know. to. It's I, transcendent. I, I I'm too busy it. watching Star Wars films and things from ten years ago. We'll things that there. don't matter. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, Bar- Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Boy, this looks like a piece of crap. <laughs> I mean, it really does. This looks like absolute garbage. And I know this is the follow up to Bridesmaids. Is that right? Not so much the follow up as much as this. Just Kristen Wiig and her partner who wrote it. Awful. It looks god awful. What I liked about the trailers, they don't show you anything. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is we're not—you can't see our faces. You can't, and so I don't really know what this movie is or not. And all it does is the problem is it's a lot of trailers came out this week, and it's definitely been forgotten by one big one. It's uh, this just been—I mean, it's just a lot of really unfunny riffing over stuff you can't see. And I really don't, oh, God, I just, and Kristen Wiig is going to be doing that accent the entire fucking movie, and I'm just going to be angry. <laughs> I, uh, I started that trailer, actually, on Facebook. I actually wasn't sure that that was the same movie. I made it about 20 seconds in, and I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, at first I was in, because I, I do like Bridesmaids, I'll mm, admit. I do. But, oh, 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 not my cup of tea. I like Kristen Wiig, so... Is this directed by Paul Feig? I don't believe so. Okay. Then I'm good. <sighs> uh, Impractical Jokers. <laughs> they Why? They get a movie. Why not? <laughs> Does everything have to be and the movie? No, but they did it. <laughs> I mean, they did the same thing to Jackass. Most uh-huh. Jackass movies ended up being funny. I mean, they're not... You're not going to talk about it as classics, but when you watch them, you laugh, and... Mm. When I watch Impractical Jokers, that show makes me laugh. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows on TV. I watch the show almost daily. Um, I just watching the guys. I know I'm going to have a couple good laughs. I don't expect right. much, and I'm just watching that trailer. You can tell they they cut all the good stuff. Like they're not going to show us the meat and potatoes. I don't think this is going to be great. I don't think this will be the next Jackass because I even had that same comparison. But, I think it'll serve its purpose. Yeah, though. yeah. You'll get your laugh, and you'll be like, good for them, and then move on with your life. <laughs> right. You're like, they they did it. You this a fan? Is, this is not a show I've seen, but a, I mean, I'm aware of it. So there's a couple of solid endorsements going on here, but who's in it? Is that guy from uh, the fantasy f- sports uh, show in it? The, the, oh, I, I can't remember his Rob name. Dierdick? Uh, no, he's a guy who really annoys the shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Paul Shear. Paul Shear. No, oh no, my no, god, no, 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 is no, he no. part of this? No. Okay, I think okay. he might have appeared on an episode of the show, but I don't. Maybe. Think. Okay. Yeah, but I it's, don't think. I don't think you'd probably know any of them. Uh, Brian Quinn, uh, James Murray, from uh, Sal Tom Steve Dave. Yeah, the podcast. Oh, Tom I've Steve heard. Now I've heard of that from you. Right, I and listened so. to the show bef- that podcast before this show existed, mm-hmm. and then. Him and his Brian Quinn and his friends went off and made the show while they did Comic Book Men at the same time, just kind of coincidentally. Okay. Well, I watched Comic Book Men from time to time, so this is I way guess. better than Comic Book Men. There yeah, you have I that. actually watched it this morning. Like, like it, it's if you turn on TV, you'll find it, yeah. especially True TV. It's pretty much on True TV twenty four seven. Oh yeah. It's either that or ridiculousness. <laughs> Those two shows are always on twenty four hours a day. They're right next to each other. You'll it'll make you laugh. Yeah, I promise you that. Uh, Top Gun, Maverick. 
<laughs> Josh, I know you loved it. Tell me. Yeah, but um, I don't know if I want to say that out loud now that I've heard some groans. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, Josh I, has I always it. been on the highway to the danger zone. <laughs> that's what I leaned over and said to my son in the theater. <laughs> Like, just almost to a T, I said, hey, kiddo, do you think he's in the danger zone? And he said, what are you talking about? <laughs> Does your son uh, want to see uh, it? No. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, he hasn't seen the original, and uh, there's, I don't know, is there really a reason to introduce my son to Top Gun? No. There's no. that, like, ten minute long sex scene. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, that's for me, and uh, I'll, I'll take that, but... I've gotten used to skipping some serious things in movies. I suppose I should just do that. But, I mean, would Top Gun really appeal to him? I don't know. I was into planes and everything like that when I was young. That's why I wanted to see it in the theater. And uh, I really loved the music and the soundtrack at the time. So I don't think that this can really break the kind of, like, uh, I won't call them barriers. But, like, it had a really great soundtrack. It was produced by Bruckheimer and Simpson. You know, it, it started a trend of action movies, or at least it was the most successful of a beginning trend of that type of movie. And uh, I don't know. It doesn't really seem to have a place in the world anymore, if that makes sense. And that doesn't mean that I'm not excited by hearing that Harold Faltermeyer score going on. It's going to make a shit ton of money, so oh, it's sure. got its place. <laughs> We're going to get to it in a little bit with the movie we're going to talk about, but I'm, 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 I'm officially old. I'm officially old. I'm officially tired, and I just don't love the things I used to love anymore. I'm just done. I'm just done with franchises. I'm just done with people recycling my childhood and feeding it back to me if, out of a microwave. I'm just done, and that's what Top Gun feels like to me. Oh my God, the podcast is over. <laughs> That's all there is anymore. <laughs> what shall you see locally? <laughs> <laughs> what was it like the top 50 movies? It's like three oh, of them are God. original ideas. The rest are right. Everyone exists. Now, I got, I got into a thing on, on Twitter because everybody was really excited about Eddie Murphy on SNL last night, and it was funny. And then I then I sat back and go, you know, that's just just thank you for recycling everything I've ever seen before. Thank you for just continuously feeding the culture back to me like I'm Homer Simpson in the donut chair in hell. <laughs> just everything just repeatedly just refed to me over and over again. That's what everybody wants though. <sighs> Done. I will say this, despite the feelings that I got from the trailer, I don't think that the movie needs to exist at all. <laughs> so it's just, it's bonus movie. This could have just been a college humor trailer and it would have just fine. That would have, seriously, that would have been just fine. I don't know if I need to see another Top Gun movie, but I mean, I will. Just a seriously homoerotic college humor trailer and that would be enough for this. Fantastic. <laughs> On IMAX, nonetheless. Isn't that just the original trailer? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. My son, when the trailer popped up before Star Wars, he was all excited about it. We always look at each other and either shake our head or nod, mm -hmm. and I was like shaking my head, knowing he was shaking. <laughs> Hardcore, yes. So, and he's never seen the original. I've seen it once for the show way back a year ago or whatever it was, and I don't. I remember us not really liking it as much as we thought we did. Yeah, that's true. It, it turned thirty in nineteen. Uh, what eighty six to twenty sixteen is is when we oh it's that long ago yeah yeah believe it or not in I think the earlier portion of that year I just remember the time that I watched it it had to be earlier that year but yeah 
I mean, it's a it's a moment in pop culture, but I don't think of all of the things that existed from the '80s, this is one of the ones that I was like, okay, we're fine. We don't need any more of this. It means it's a bonus. If it's good, if it's enjoyable and fun, and breaks some boundaries or whatever, then yeah, maybe. Apparently, they're taking a Danger Zone and they're remaking it with a modern touch. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> it's d- Danger it's Zone song. by Drake. Yeah. Oh God. Oh. Is he still relevant, or is that you passed him I don't, over? I, I don't know, man. It'll be post, post Malone. Malone. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. The music video will be excellent. It'll be post him Malone, like Post Malone featuring Da Baby. I'm in. And that's that's the song. I'm in, man. <laughs> I did get to interview the guy who did the guitar solo over the original score, that main. Yeah. Uh, he's Billy Idol's guitar player. Oh, no kidding. Hair. Yeah, he won a, his only Grammy was for that song. <laughs> yeah. uh, up until very up until the 30th anniversary of it, when I was watching it, I had heard somebody say along the way that Alex Van H- or Eddie Van Halen was the one that had that guitar solo, and so I put that. Top Gun theme song is part of my Van Halen playlist for a long ass time. And then somebody eventually said, that's not Eddie Van Halen. So yeah, there goes another old boy moment for me. <laughs> uh, Star Wars episode nine, the rise of Skywalker. Uh, the ninth uh, overall, I guess, film in, the, in this franchise, the third of this particular uh, trilogy, uh, directed by J.J. Abrams, and picking up the story after the uh, last film, we got uh, this group uh, trying to recover an artifact that will help them get to Emperor Palpatine, who has returned and uh, is alive again, and Kylo Ren's found him and is going to work for him now, sort of, or at least he's going to try to maybe undermine him. We'll see. That's kind of the tension of the opening act. Uh, he's still trying to recruit Ren to the dark side. Uh, she's trying to protect her friends while they're trying to help her find this thing that'll lead them to Palpatine. Um, and you know, what's great about this movie is, is the stuff between Adam Driver and, and Daisy Ridley. They're incredible together. They've got a wonderful chemistry right up until a spoiler late in the movie that I just really turned me off. Um, I really loved everything that they did together. It was really just, just fantastic stuff. Everything else in the movie, I don't care about any of it. I don't think I don't. I really don't. I got the impression that J.J. Abrams didn't care about any of it. He really didn't care to give uh, Finn any kind of you know coral any kind of story to end with. You know, just kind of leaves everything that happens with Finn kind of up in the air. Uh, he doesn't care a lick about Poe Dameron like that. He doesn't care about that guy at all. Like. He doesn't have a story. <laughs> he doesn't have anything going on. I guess he sort of becomes the leader, but there's no really great moment. I mean, that battle scene is spectacular in terms of the visual dynamic of it, but as a character, what do you got here? Uh, not much. Uh, every death in the movie is undermined almost immediately, just moments later. Uh, I don't know. I... I, I like a lot of this movie. I like about 45% of this movie, and the, but the 55% I don't like, I really don't care for. So I'm, but mostly, I'm just tired of nostalgia. I'm tired of, I'm tired of just having, having the things I loved you know, recooked and served back to me over and over again. And that's you know, the ending of this movie was, was that, for, for sure, because um, I didn't buy into anything that happened at the very end of the movie. Um. I'm talking about after everything was settled. Um, I did, the, the twists didn't do anything for me. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 just I'm so down on everything I used to love now, and it's just sad for me. I'm starting to wonder if it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> he officially part, admitted I ruined the Oscars for him. Part, it's true, he did. <laughs> I've really well, you, crashed you and, for you and, him. You and uh, Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> uh, someone lift us up. Someone liked this movie. <laughs> oh, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'm kind of like I'm I'm too hardcore on this Star Wars shit at this point. Like I I grew up reading the books, like in the expanded universe. Uh, I I watched all the, the the movies like like constantly. This movie it does a lot for me. It, there, there's a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of a lot of stupid shit that I still I, I I couldn't defend really. But the fact that there I like me from my perspective, there's a lot that there's going to be able like branching off of it. I'm into it. I keep reading stuff on Reddit. Like everyone's just like everyone hates this. Everyone's taken. There's like one part here, one part there where they're just like they they want to kill J.J. Abrams. It's awful. It's it's terrifying. But I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the the Ray story arc, I, I didn't really play out exactly how I would have done it. Like there's a lot of stuff there at the end, but you know, her whole dynamic with Kylo and the will they won't they kind of who gives a fuck kind of dynamic <laughs> i just I don't really care um but uh those two like everything leading up to i, I know i know what sean's talking about i won't say it because obviously spoilers but there's one moment at the end where i was scratching my head i didn't get and i also don't see why they didn't have the balls to make poe and finn a couple those two should have been dating like <laughs> There's a there's a book leading up, up to it. Uh, it's called uh, Resistance Reborn, and I thought they were leading up to those two. They were going to kiss at the end. <laughs> I, I thought of the headlines. It, yeah, and then yeah, I thought it was going to happen, and instead they're like, oh yeah, we did have a we had a same sex kiss. We don't know their names. They're in the background. <laughs> but woo, <laughs> I will say it'll be very easily edited when we take it overseas. Yeah, right. <laughs> I will say if they had done <laughs> the Russian version, <laughs> the way they had played. Poe and Finn, though they didn't really, it would have came out of nowhere. Yeah, it would have no, been I, like, "Look what we did!" And yeah. Oh yeah, and it, it kind of was like in the book. It it, it was weird because they were just like their friendship was like super intense, and it came out of nowhere. So it was like, "Oh, <laughs> these boys gonna be kissing?" Nope, nope. <laughs> Josh, what do you think? <clears throat> the good part about it is that I'm kind of satisfied. Uh, I don't feel. The loss of of a missed opportunity, like that happens in a lot of franchises that I really enjoy. Uh, but on the other hand, I recognize that there's a lot of mistakes with this one. The good thing is, as, as Zach put it, I mean, I'm so <laughs> intertwined with this, I forgive almost everything <laughs> because I'm like, oh, well, in that book, this character did this, so this isn't surprising, and. Uh, this character did this in a comic, or do you remember that one time that so-and-so cantina <laughs> alien did this and might have spurred the bounty hunter to do this? I'm making excuses. Right oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what you were saying earlier, it's manna from the heavens. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. All right, we're going to do a Star Wars podcast starting right now. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Call me when you're done. All right, here we go. How we're many? talking Tales of the Bounty Hunters, son. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, okay, not to get yeah, on too much of a thing. Because I'm with you here, mind you. <laughs> I'm too far away from the mute button. 
okay. So obviously there's some mistakes with this, and and the I know exactly what you guys are talking about with the uh, scene towards the end that left me scratching my head because the movie didn't need it. To be honest, no. um, what they oh gosh i can't even say you know what what, what takes place be, is something we're gonna have that, to get into spoilers aren't we i mean <laughs> to get to the issues with this movie at this point is there anybody that hasn't seen it that will do they even care <laughs> like to me the people that are gonna be mad have already seen it right am i wrong yeah it, there aren't enough i think casual fans of star wars I mean, as long to as have we're not warning seen people it. i think you're fine all right Just we're put, like a number in when they can come back in yeah. we're gonna enter the spoiler zone right now uh i don't know when you can come back in we'll see how long yeah. it is uh <laughs> just keep hitting the fast forward button until you hear the word cats there you go oh boy um <laughs> that's so, looming <laughs> anyway spoilers start now so uh, this is one of the things i wrote about in this movie and uh and i managed to do so without doing spoilers oddly enough was how sexless this movie is how lifeless and bloodless uh this movie is in that way that uh, they keep introducing you know potentially ideas of people who could be together romantically and then they just run away from it as fast as they can like you know children on a playground running away from the girl they like uh and and then randomly at the near the very end uh, just uh ben solo kylo ren and 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 uh um ray ray they kiss and i'm like where did that come from what is that about that's because for me, their their connection has never been about romance. It's never been sexual. It's like it's not. She wasn't drawn to him by by how attractive he is. She was drawn to him because they have this connection via the Force, mysticism, religion. That's the connection between the two of them. To suddenly, no, no, she just thought he was hot. Like, like she just she, was, she just wants to fuck him. That's the that's the whole thing was about. Now there was the their connection is about sex. No, it's not. Except for that one time she looked away when he was shirtless yeah. in the last film. She saw she saw his titties. Yeah, a little Kylo chest. Yeah, a little. Then, the, I, didn't, I didn't buy into that as anything more than just you know conservatism. Of course, uh, I just don't buy that that aspect of their relationship at all. And I thought it undermined so much as what it was that I really enjoyed about those two characters was that, that more mystical connection between the two of them, as opposed to this uh, idea that this was all about them just wanting to bone. Well, yeah. I mean, in order, I don't want to defend star Wars, but <laughs> you know, they do have those other connections just because another connection pops up as well, which is when you have that many connections, it's not out of the, you know, it's not that far to left field that that other you know the romantic connection would pop in there as well. I just think they should have set it up better. I think that there should have been other scenes, other aspects of their relationship that mirrored. Maybe that, you that need to watch Speed before you go see this because when you're in an intense situation, that's usually when you. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. See, Speed is the key to all well, traumatic. They, they explain how it works. <laughs> How it works. I just uh, didn't buy that with these characters. Where I did, whereas I did buy it between Keanu and Sandra. I did not buy it here. It just, didn't. It didn't work. Yeah, you know the the thing about it is there. Maybe there's an ulterior motive for J.J. Abrams that at that moment uh, she knows that he's going to die, mm-hmm. and she, he had given her life, so to speak. If she knows that, she wants to give him um, something 
like wonderful before he dies. G- give him that kind of closeness and connection. I'm this is a real stretch here, sure, but this but is the kind of crap that I invented in my head but to me, make now, excuses. Now both of you are really kind of invested into the outside stuff of this. Oh yeah. I'm not, but I I happened to watch a guy talking about this who is, and he pointed something out that I wasn't really fully aware of that <laughs> that brings us kind of weirdly back to the original Star Wars. Uh, wait for this, Bob. Uh, so, <laughs> according to lore, Palpatine, who is Ray's grandfather in this movie, was Vader's father. No. No, he was... It's a, it depends on which theory you subscribe to. He, because there's a comic book that shows him using his magical powers to impregnate Anakin's mom. Which, which canon is this? Is this new canon? Is this old canon? <laughs> Here's the divide. Yeah, like, that's the thing. The crevice of fandom. Yeah, because from... Like, so basically, they're you know, like Luke and Leia were brother and sister. Yeah. Well, uh, My incest joke wasn't that far <laughs> off. Or... Or the Force uh, decided that it needed to bring balance and order, and it impregnated Shmi, and then everything else happened. <laughs> what, all joking aside, though, what we're saying here is is really what I um, was kind of hoping would happen with this movie. In the end, they go a little lazy by making her Palpatine's granddaughter. Yeah, Ray should have been Immaculate Inception. Thank you. It should have happened. Thank you. That's exactly what I assumed was going to happen. Um, Ryan Johnson, when speaking to fans um, a few years ago, talking about The Last Jedi, what inspired you when you were writing this uh, in terms of Star Wars material? And he pointed to the Mortis trilogy of the Clone Wars, which is exactly along the lines of what I, I hoped for at the end of this film. There's no reason... No reason story-wise other than bland writing to make Ray Palpatine's granddaughter. She could be an immaculate conception, the thing that actually balances the Force out. Um, it came from uh, Palpatine way back before episode one. He influenced the midichlorians to create a being that he was going to specifically take okay i'm trying (laughs) oh boy so this this (laughs) whole go down this well (laughs) the whole story about parentage really isn't they really could have done something here Mm -hmm. Uh, we were told that we were going to get back to a little bit of the origins of the force with this story and they've alluded to the original jedi texts etc etc and she's even got a dagger in the film, which I hoped was going to be the dagger of Mortis. Turns out it wasn't. And it's just a way for her to find things on the Death Star with a really weird thing. Does the Death Star, does it go all the way down to the bottom of this planet? I mean, did they not take into account movement, erosion? Like, you know, know, all of these things are ridiculous. The thing about it is, is that so much of this feels so compromised just to, to, just its entire existence at this point. Now, when you really start digging into it and you start really getting too deep into it, this is so, this, this has become, and it's never been pure, granted, (laughs) aside from when George Lucas first created it. But now it's just, it feels so deeply, deeply tainted by Disney. Oh yeah. You know, the sexlessness of Disney characters and the, the bloodless attempts at, uh, romance that aren't there and the just the this family adventure stuff that just fine well made it you know great the battles were awesome lightsabers are cool 
But there but, was no... But there's no, no life. There's no blood. There's there no... was no stakes, really. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> I mean, when... Let's go to the last Avengers movie. When Iron Man dies, spoiler alert, I guess we're in spoils, who cares? <laughs> Wait, Iron uh, Man died? <laughs> I mean, that was emotional. People, you could feel the emotion in the theater. There were several moments that should have been like this in this movie mm. that I didn't, I don't know about you guys being so t- tied to it, but the theater just kind of felt like, okay, it's happening. I mean, there was no, not even goosebumps, nothing. And yeah. this is kind of, I mean... This is kind of the movie that should have all that in it, and it does not have it, at least from what I've noticed. And yeah, it doesn't have a lot of balls, but we kind of knew that once J.J. Abrams was hired to do this film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no offense to the man. I, I've liked a lot of what he's done. I like his style, okay? Um, visually, he's a very good director, technically very apt. But then again, he's never told anything that's really all that daring or takes a lot of risks. Yeah. He's a genre filmmaker that understands nostalgia probably more than anyone currently working in Hollywood. And yes, he plays off of it. But then again, there are certain things that I, I'm like, nostalgia, I don't really need it for this. This, though, force-feeding it to me again, I hear you, man. I really do. I want it, though. It's like going up to the table at Thanksgiving and wanting thirds. I'm like, hell yeah, man. It's Lando, guys. <laughs> Billy D. Williams yes. is here, guys. Oh man! Like, the the payoff like thing that, that you're Sammy, talking about. Sammy Davis Jr. showed up on All in the Family. <laughs> the, the payoff that you're talking about, though, that we're missing from this one. Uh, Chewie dies supposedly, right? And nobody really feels it. Well, that's because the way that they shot that scene, I didn't actually believe he was dead. Yeah, they're, they're, and then he wasn't. Yeah, dead. and then he wasn't. And then <laughs> was it the gold robot? I don't. C three PO. He, he he practically dies, and then he right. comes back. I they mean, make it all dramatic nobody in the dies like... but Kylo Ren and Leia. But Leia, I mean, oh. but even when like Leia and then the scene with Han Solo and Kylo Ren, those yeah. should have been emotional scenes. No, totally. Yeah, I, I, I had a thought about this, Zach. You might be able to back me up because you might know more about it than I do. Gotcha. Um, the scene with Han and Ben Solo on the remnants of the Death Star. I actually asked myself, since the scene was so unbelievably close to the one from Force Awakens, if it was simply deleted-ass footage (laughs) that they put into this movie. Because Harrison Ford hates this character. He's said that many times. He came back so that he could do another Indiana Jones. I mean, why would he take a day out of his very busy plane-flying schedule and crashing (laughs) schedule to come film something like this again when he was happy to be done. Because he wants to make a dog movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think what happened was, and this is the rumor I, I read, I think that scene was supposed to be like Carrie Fisher. Like Leia was supposed to be coming uh, out. Because you know how she like yeah, supposedly she like, projected herself project and the, yeah. we didn't see it because obviously that wasn't filmed. Right. And, uh, that's the rumor that that scene was supposed to be her and he jumped in and they turned it into less of a force ghost force projection thing and more into a him actually reliving that memory which is why ray said uh-huh. you're always replaying that in your head and then okay. like 
two minutes later he did. Okay. Yeah. That makes the that makes it a lot better because I was just <laughs> thinking that it was a simple cut and paste of a deleted scene and that really pissed me off. But yeah, no. that makes a lot a lot more well, sense. They just guilted him into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's dead. <laughs> you wanna make your CGI winking dog movie. Let's go do this. <laughs> and then I mean they kind of just leave the last Jedi alone and just kind of I mean they don't really ad- I don't know. They just kind of move forward. They hide the character that everybody hated. He just kind of pops up here and there, but he's hidden for the most part. Yeah, and they completely changed her, too. She had literally no personality. Like, Rose was just kind of like... She was just there. <laughs> like I felt bad for her. Cause... You can just see them going, okay, the fans didn't like this. They didn't like this. They didn't like this. They liked this. And, you know... And the, it was the just... calculation is all over there, yeah. I really wasn't that upset with her character. I just feel like... Everyone kind of just bullied her so hard that I did too. Like I I liked it. It was like it was some much needed heart and like the Canto bite bite scene, whatever. But if you take, I mean, like I said, Last Jedi I actually like. You know, for someone who doesn't like Star Wars, and that was the last one. So I mean, we've been fed it eight times or ten times if you want to count the other ones. Take all the calculation out. Let someone. You know, the Avengers movies kind of got it right by letting somebody new do it every time and make it somewhat fresh. And if you missed, they still could come in and save it the next movie. Uh, don't be, you know, the the calculation just really takes a lot of heart out of this movie. And then it just turns into fan service, which works for fans. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't, I don't know. It I'm just, just, I'm overserved. <laughs> I've been desperately overserved. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's way too much nostalgia and not nearly enough movie for me. I wanted to see another alien get milked. <laughs> like I wanted another Thala Siren. I wanted to see it. That's that's still my favorite thing. I think that's my favorite thing to ever happen. So <laughs> like, he's just like that smug look when she's just sedan- like laying there with like the alien titty just flopping there. She's just like, Yeah, honey, I know. Like, oh my god, it's the funniest thing. Gross. Also, like if you do the math on uh like Palpatine's kid and all this stuff that went down. He was pretty nasty looking when he got got it on. Like, who? What's that story? Like, who banged him? <laughs> I need a book. I legit I'm, need it because he was. Guessing, that was like, well, he because he magicked Darth Vader into life. I'm sure he just magicked this into. Existence. I don't know, man. I don't know. Though I figure if you're Emperor, you can probably grab somebody and make them do whatever. Yeah, you but want. like that's like that's like unfortunate around like post and they don't, they pre don't have sex in this universe. No, this is, a, <laughs> this, is this is a eunuch universe. Nah, just just aside like, from Han Solo, nobody fucks. No, nah, just just the way just it is. A little bit of mystic fingering, but that's Billy about it. <laughs> oh, okay, Mystic Fingering is yeah. a wonderful name for a rock band. Yeah, that's, I've got that's actually how someone Luke died. use that, please. Yeah, <laughs> you poor thing. What did you actually think of the entire film? I mean, you've given us some bits and pieces. Are you also upset that Mara Jade didn't show up, dude? Yes, I know. Why? Where is she? Who is that? Oh, EU character. I thought Carrie Russell might end up being yeah, her. They, I thought maybe Holdo was going to be Mara Jade. Mm-hmm. But. And they recently put in a bathroom stall in Galaxy's Edge in uh, some of the writing. If you translate it, it says Mara Jade is alive. Why don't we? haven't we seen that? What the hell? I'm going to need some napkins over here, Bob. If you translate <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can tra- there's the, they're all out there, man. All the, the different languages and stuff. Care. You can. I yeah. don't care. Yeah, well, I don't care. Stop. <laughs> who asked Stop. who to come on, sir? <laughs> you, you opened this well. It's a deep dive. Yeah. Bob? 
Uh, I mean, I took my son there, and he just kept asking questions, and I'm like, honestly, you got to <laughs> shut up. I don't know the answer. He's flipping my phone number. You know, oh, I, I said, wait till Josh answer. gets here. <laughs> I don't know which one the Death Star went away in. I don't know which one it came back in. I don't even... I. Don't know if they finished it. I really don't. I, the only reason I don't know if they finished it because in Clerks they said there's contractors that got killed, so maybe they were still working on it. I really don't remember. Sure. Yeah. But it was just, it was millions of questions that I had. I don't even know. What, like, I don't know. Did you enjoy any of this? No, not really. It wasn't <laughs> because because you could see the calculation, the fan service, which is what I had a problem with Force Awakens as well. I really liked Ryan, what Ryan Johnson did because it was just fresh. It was something new. And even watching the original three, when you guys maybe watch it back then, like I could watch and be like, I get it. I just I don't get this, you know, yeah. the, the books and the comic books. And Very I, few do. I get the. I mean, they're solid stories. It makes sense. There's no. I mean, there's part of me that's like, well. If, it seems like you know we talk about these movies where the bad guy is so powerful. Then when it's convenient, he's not. You know, there seems like there's so much power and the, 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 the convenient it, powers is another. Th- yeah, like suddenly they've got healing power. Where did they always have healing power? Yeah, there, there's, I don't remember but they can't power, heal fabric. They, get- they can heal. Their- <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> no, but I mean, there's even a couple of books that that uh, go in well in the then, old canon. I don't I care suppose, about books, but, but yeah, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a very long running gag love, on the show. I love Ray, and I thought I thought the that Ray, the the whole story about Ray discovering what power she has at least it modifies at least some of the issues that there are with that. But there are too many times where they'll just invent a power that they need at that moment and use it, and then well, why aren't you using that now? Like, and and a, this brilliant guy on YouTube, uh, Quentin Reviews, pointed out something interesting that I thought was a really interesting thing. Like, he, he interacted with Vader as a, Vader's been a force, force ghost before. Why doesn't he ever come back as a force ghost? Like, why doesn't he ever pop up again to talk to Kylo Ren? <laughs> that's that's yeah. like, hey, man, we were kind of expecting Hayden to show up. Yep, me and too. he shows up. Like, his voice is there, and so are like a bunch of other Mace people Windu. that we don't, we don't know if they're yeah. dead or not. Like, they threw out all these other people, and we're just like, are these ghosts? What is Ahsoka dead? <laughs> Like, what the fuck? The and fact that we're saying a name that neither of these people I, know. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> but that, I'm is a, <laughs> that is a valid point. Like, the Force Ghost thing. Okay, now it doesn't matter when you die because you're basically not dead. Yeah, Why right. are you not? You know, there's just so many things. You know, when we watch the Avenger movies, like, well, where's Iron Man right now? You could be here helping out. <laughs> and it's, I don't know. That, that does pop in my head from time to time that I just... The balance of power, like sometimes the lightsaber is only someone, you know, it's so powerful, but then the next thing you know, it's someone who shouldn't have it has it, and he's doing just fine. And yeah. on, on a broader scale, um, despite this actual movie as a whole, nine films in the Skywalker saga, is this not, though, the, the Odyssey or the Iliad of our time? Like something that has been spread out over 40 years, okay, and... Uh, it's been handed down through one, maybe two generations now at this point. It's the story that we all kind of, not all of us gravitate to, but we're all aware of it. We're all aware of some, most of the principles involved. 
I think what I'm trying to say is there are people that didn't like parts of the Iliad, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> and, and they're like, well, why does Achilles, this is ridiculous. What's the, the plot hole of, oh, his, his heel didn't get dipped in the river sticks. That's some bullshit. And we're over here saying, Leia looks like Superman. That's bullshit. I'm like, it's the same argument for fuck's sake. There's stories. It's the, it's the pop culture moment of the last 40 years. I'm glad that they ended it. I think I'm just mostly disappointed that it's not perfect. Like, they had plenty of time to make this really great. They should have taken more time. Yes. I think for me, what what it's boiling down to now in our modern pop culture, and that is that... uh, that the the four star you know four star meal at a restaurant's been replaced by the microwave, and that's what our culture is now. It's a microwave that's just heating up TV dinners now. The same processed food uh, is being just reheated and reserved to us over and over again. And I'm just I'm I've grown I've grown weary. I've grown weary of Star Wars, unfortunately. But you know I can also recognize that it's not mine anymore. Like my Star Wars happened. 45 years ago. You should check out The Mandalorian. The 40, no, I'm done. I'm I, done. It's, it's, oh. it's, it's over. It's over for me. Okay. It's Star Wars. I'm done. I'm done. It's over for me. I'll see I'll see when they reboot this thing and, and start the new franchise in four years But because I'm obligated to. But Star Wars is not It's not mine anymore. And it's mm-hmm. over with for me. I'm, my part of that is over with. I'm, I'm a force ghost when it comes to Star Wars. I'm just <laughs> visiting and waving and gu- goodbye. I would, I would be sadder about that if I wasn't trying to keep the whole thing in perspective and wonder if this happens to all culturally relevant stories over time that we feel a part of it at some or point will this happened to you oh absolutely <laughs> man i i worry about that I'm, all the time I'm when we've revisited <laughs> <laughs> yes. in all seriousness like um, when we revisited the 30-year movies <laughs> over that stretch of time i would be amazed when i'd come across something that i was positive i loved and then oh not really because it wasn't mine anymore and so I would feel bad, a, a lot worse about that if I didn't think that that was typical of a lot of uh, stories like Star Wars over the years. And some people, it just doesn't even grip at all. <laughs> well, but to your point about it being the Odyssey or the whatever, in this, my big problem is Force Awakens and this is such fan service that, you know, at least the last Jedi had an original idea, an original writer who came in and did his own thing. You know, the, I think the Avenger movies. They did it better than Star Wars did. Hell, fucking Rocky did it better. Creed one and two are they handed it off to somebody else and let them do it. Yeah, and and they there was no one there saying, well, we need more of this. It's not it's not Rocky four enough. It's you know it didn't. Now, granted, you're talking on a lower scale, so you don't have to deal with you know hundreds of millions of dollars to make these movies or at least the Rocky movies. So it's easier. And with the Avengers, you had one guy kind of you know. At least keeping an eye on everybody, but I don't know. I just that if you could get rid of that calculation that Abrams, I don't. I kind of blame him for allowing it. You know, I definitely blame him. I would go more towards Kathleen Kennedy, despite her body of work, which is outstanding. And I am not the dude that's trying to punt Kathleen Kennedy from Lucasfilm, but. It went in a different direction when she had control over it, and she also fired multiple directors. So I have to start looking at the leadership because where else would we right. look at? Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I think I think this movie, if anything, proves that JJ is just a carpenter. He's just he's not an yeah. artist. He's not somebody who's yeah. going to create something that is going to live forever. The rumors yeah. are he's 
getting talked to to make a Superman movie, I think he'd be <laughs> probably perfect for it because he's going to be really safe. Awesome. He's going to make money. <laughs> it's we need to start. We need to recycle something else. Yep. Again. Yep. Yeah, he's all right. Can we move on? I'm cats, cats, cats. <laughs> Everybody say cats a lot. That's how you know it's cats, cats. We're talking about cats. Timestamp. Um, it's cats time. Yeah, but I record for like 15 minutes. Okay. All right. Uh, cats is uh, the story directed by Tom Hooper from the uh, Broadway uh, musical by um, oh, what's his name? Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's the guy. Oh. Yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's hard to try and describe this plot without sounding like you're completely insane. Um, there was a plot? There was a plot. I didn't catch any so, of it. So a cat named Victoria is uh, dropped in an alley. She's in a bag, and uh, she's these, she gets thrown into this alley in this bag, and then all these cats arrive, and they, and they use their claws to cut her out of the bag. And then... Exposition cat arrives to tell her uh, the story of who all everyone is, uh, to basically to talk about the Jellical Ball, because everybody's going to the Jellical Ball. Jellical is a word that T. S. Eliot made up uh, when he wrote the poems that this m- musical is based on. He made up the word Jellical just because he wanted to. He sounded fanciful. So don't ask it. Jellical, they use this jellical in this movie like like the Smurfs use Smurf. Like when the way that is a transitive, the way the Smurfs use Smurf is how they use jellical in this movie. Huh. So <laughs> everybody's going to the jellical ball so that somebody can be named the jellical cat. Uh, the jellical cat gets to go on to die and be reborn as another cat. And so everybody's competing to be the jellical cat. Or at least the elderly cats are competing to be the Jellicle cat, not the younger cats. The younger cats are too busy trying to hump each other, repeatedly <laughs> trying to hump each other uh, in various different ways. And it's weird and awkward and uncomfortable watching these humans in cat fur just sort of hump each other. But nevertheless, we're introduced to, <laughs> we're introduced to Jenny and Dots, uh, played by Rebel Wilson, who is one of the first. She's the... The old Gumby cat. Whatever the fuck that means. Oh, she, uh, lo- she looked like a Gumby cat. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> She's a, uh, I love Rebel Wilson. She's one of the the funniest people on the planet. She looks... She's doing just a Rebel Wilson stick, but uh, as this cat, and I don't understand the choices that are made. She goes in this. spread eagle and scratches her crotch numerous times into the camera. That's funny. Well, that Apparently. seems to be at least uh, true to real life. I mean, uh, you know, it's the closest form of reality. Yeah, but it was like. Uh, <laughs> so she does her song. She's introduced as one of the competitors to be the Jellicle Cat. She does her song. She eats human cockroaches and plays with mice and they're humans but cockroach humans like the cats but they're cockroaches and they're tiny one of the things that they're going and fixing i don't know maybe because it looks really bad we'll get to that okay okay so then we're introduced to rum tum tugger uh played by jason derulo who is the milk cat he gives everybody milk everybody goes to the milk so to speak milk this was thing that he does he gives very milk and he smiles, <laughs> and his name is Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> I'll have what Andrew Lloyd Webber's having. <laughs> Jesus, uh, Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, there's an even crazier thing that he did than this that I'll get to, but um, that's not been made to a movie yet. <laughs> yet, but we'll get there. 
Um, then we're introduced to the railroad cat because there's a railroad cat who's a conductor <laughs> who lives in a railroad, and he does a railroad cat. Now, what's his name? Do you remember? I don't Shrimp remember. It's like like uh, I don't remember. comes and socks the garbage <laughs> bitch. Like like they all had dumbass names the whole time. It's horrible. It's horrible. Now Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> she's in there, but she's the she is a side character to uh, Idris Elba, his character whose name is oh is god McCready or McCaddy Ma- or something Ma- like that. Yeah. Mc- <laughs> I know. I know when his name McCavity? flashed up. They, McCavity, thank yeah, you. I know when his name flashed up. It like McCavity. highlighted the word cat. So that's that's the one thing I remembered. He's, he's the villain, and what he does is he has this magical power that he can turn everybody to <laughs> dust. But they're not dead because he wants to be the Jellicle cat. So he's taking out his competition. So he meets Rebel, Rebel Wilson, turns her to dust, but she's not dead. He meets James Corden, who is this fat cat who finds all the food, and he turns him to dust and takes him to, to a boat in the middle of the ocean, run by Ray Winstone, by the way, as a cat. Because if Sexy you wanted beast. to see Ray Winstone as a cat, oh. you're welcome. This movie did that for you. Um, <laughs> it's convenient if he turns everyone to dust. The cats can use that. Yeah. Litter. The secret contender, the one who's uh, kind of underground behind everybody, is uh, Grizabella, the glamour cat, played by Jennifer Hudson. This character is incredibly problematic um, because when you're really drilled down on who Grizabella is, she used to be a very pretty cat who had a home. And she went off with McCavity one time, and he scratched her face, and her family kicked her out, and now all the other cats hate her because she's not beautiful anymore. <laughs> and that is just, if that's not just deeply problematic, I don't know. I don't know how anybody looked at that and got that, that, that's a great idea. She's not pretty, so everybody hates her. That's, that's even, yeah, that's worse than the idea I thought because I couldn't <laughs> understand why they kicked her out. Because, like, oh. I was, I was, I was so far out of this by the time any, any semblance of story it's, started coming together. I was this gone. Cat, this, per, this Jennifer Hudson is the, is the best thing in this movie because she's got that big belting voice. She's gorgeous. And this movie is so cruel to her. They give her the ugliest cat, and for some reason they thought it'd be a great idea to be, like, she's the cat who has her nose running the entire movie. Her nose is running. Why? Fuck all. Who knows why? This is, we're gonna just humiliate Jennifer Hudson for no good reason. So just her nose is running the entire movie. And oh my god. Uh, you got, uh, then we get uh, old Deuteronomy is, is introduced. <laughs> old Judy dudes. Dench. Who's the uh, the cat uh, who's lived nine hundred lives, and she's the one who decides who's going to be the Jellicle cat, and you have to win her favor to become the Jellicle cat, and she's going to decide who gets to go to the heavy side lair because that's the name of where you go when you win become the Jellicle cat. You get to go to the heavy side lair. Are you, are you enjoying this? Is anybody enjoying this? You're the only one that ends Star Wars talk for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, personally. I sound insane. Do I sound I, insane? I sound insane trying to describe Because this. of the description you're giving, I've, I'm more fascinated in this movie than I ever would have been otherwise. Well, I'm, I was reading it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, trust me. It's, it's, it's I, like, I went in expecting, I'm like, I'm going to buy this shit when it's on sale on Voodoo. It's going to be one of those movies. It's going to be my next Spider-Man 3. And I watched it. I was like... Please, I never want to watch this again. <laughs> like I, okay, I had okay. a nervous giggle the entire time because I was just like, I, "This is so uncomfortable for me." You were saying, like, uh, go, "Sorry, yeah, okay." Um, go oh for no, it. I was looking on Rotten Tomatoes for at least some positive reviews because there's very few. But Katie Walsh of somewhere 
uh, the Tribune News Service. She gave it two and a half out of four stars. This is about as good as I could find. Uh, she has a line that says, if you have no prior familiarity with the wordy, purry absurdism of cats, it'll just hit harder and you're likely to have a lot of questions. First of all, what is a jellicle cat? Because uh, they do not explain. No, not at there all. There's no explanation and for like jellicle he, whatsoever. Like he said, they use it like Smurf. It's in every <laughs> sentence, and they never stop. And then they start throwing out Gumby Cat, and I, I think there's another one at yeah. one point too. And it's just it literally they do not stop. There's not a point where they I like even hold up signs. Magical Mister Mistopheles. Oh God, that guy. Oh, that's what this is from. Impractical Jokers uses that in one of their sketches (laughs) (laughs) That was was my ears perked up on that one too Uh, Other questions of film inspires Why are some cats wearing large fur coats And some some even wearing zippered fur onesies With human clothes underneath Over another digital fur covering That's Rebel Wilson That's how they escape I'm throwing that out there I don't even care Zippers. (laughs) Yeah, She's got a zipper and it unzips And she's got her Mm-hmm. Tap outfit underneath, and she taps. She does a tap dance thing, and then, but she's got fur underneath this tap outfit, so she's wearing fur yep. on top of the tap outfit, on top of fur, like it's like Judy wearing, Dench two wearing coats. a giant fur coat. But then you could see her hand, her actual mm-hmm. Judy Dench hand with her fucking ring on it. You could see it. I will scene. say though, like, like out of everyone, not finished. Did w- you know this? Yeah, the movie is not finished. This is this is an unfinished movie that they put into theaters. So there's like, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about the WWE 2K game. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of glitches with this game. Like he- heads are over here while the body's over here, kind of thing. That's happening in this movie. There's like people like the Victoria character removes her head at one point and her ears and cat stuff stay here, but her face goes here. Oh no! <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's very quick, but yeah, it's there, and it's weird. And it's off-putting because this movie's not done. I got to say something nice. Um, I think I've told the lady in the water story on this show before, right? Oh yes, yeah. yes you have. And I think that's I think that's the best correlative that I can find is that you know, as I said about that movie, you know, he hung his balls out there like he did something big. He told an original story. You know, he tried. He put everything he had into that movie. And Tom Hooper and this cast, they are giving you everything that they have in every single moment. And it is so poignant to watch such incredible effort go into something so misguided. (laughs) It is just, it is, I, I almost had tears a couple of times just looking at the amount of effort that is going into something that is just this terribly bad. You've committed yourself so deeply to something. It is much. It's it's like the room in that way. Like you know, Tommy Wiseau is giving himself everything in that movie, you know, and you can just feel it. That's what makes it so brilliantly poignant. Is the sad, desperate failure of it all. But the difference in the room is, in hindsight, the room is not a failure. <laughs> These are this, this one's going it's to. It's a disappear. failure in the attempt to be good. No, it's really not because it, it's lived on forever. This is going to fade not away. Good, but it's not a good movie. You can't call the room a good movie just because it's successful. It's not a good movie. I'm not, it's not successful, but we keep talking about it. Right? You know, it won't go away. And there, it, it's this cats sort of, is that same. It's the same. But thing it'll with go cats. away. Cats, cats will go away. Gonna, cats is the, not going to go the away. The musical's sticking, but this movie is going to. This, this, this movie will away. drop. This off. is this is going to be something that people will live with for the rest of their lives if you see it, because it is that. This is going to go back in midnight movies. People are going to make fun of this, like like riff tracks for years. Uh, you've not seen it. You don't know. I, but I know this era of movies. It's, it's, it's the most disposable era ever. It's going to just disappear. This, is, into- this one is. This is different. This I feel like I feel like maybe 
20 years down the road, it might make a comeback because it is it's that bad. Like it is legit. Like it is really bad. People are gonna there dunk is a, on this movie for years. There's a lot of merit in laughing at it. Like I, I sat there with a friend of mine and giggled the entire movie. I had a great time. I mean, Illinois weeds legal next week. <laughs> go see this. You know, like if it's still in theaters next week, go see it. Um, it's also a box office failure and cost a hundred million dollars. So, I mean, Jimmy Fallon and those guys are going to have this in their in uh, like their Leno reference for years. Like in their Leno reference book, you'll just go to Cats to to use as a shorthand for magnificent failures. Uh, have the Golden Raspberry uh, nominations come out already? Is it a little too early? I don't for know. That? Maybe it wins Worst Picture, and that helps. I, like I, Battlefield I, Earth. I, or I something, imagine you know? how did this get made? We'll have an episode on this, in, like maybe next week. Like that's the level of people that are rushing to dunk on this. But I, that's the problem. They're rushing to dunk on it. It needs. I, I'm telling you, it's going to fade. It didn't make any money, so no one saw it. I want to see. I want to know what's up with those those uh, cockroaches because that literally it w- it looked so bad. Like everything else, like the faces blended is together. That fi- those cockroaches the music is terrible. It's so bad. Aside from you Jennifer Hudson, understand what like Jennifer seeing. Hudson, and again, she's just she belts it to the back of the room. It's beautiful, but these these songs are bad. Like yeah. it's 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 really bad eighties eighties uh, kind of nostalgia, kind of no, not really Broadway, not really pop, just that kind of bland middle parts in between Broadway and and pop, and it's just really it's all terrible. And I'm not saying that about the musical because I'm sure the musical sounds different. Here they're using like really bad synth like remakes of what they must have done on, on Broadway because I can't imagine it was this bad on Broadway. Because uh, they're not, they're, they've rejiggered these songs to 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 be in this movie. I'm imagining they're trying to rip, to riff off of what they heard and to remake it, but they're using this really awful synth that just sounds so thin and so tinny, and and it just it just ruins every single song. Yeah, the way the sounds mixed too. You don't, especially because this whole the entire story is told by songs, and you can't understand a third of the words. Yeah, it's it's hard to follow. Like. I didn't watch Les Mis. I'm on. I'm honestly. I'm not That's, a huge. That movie's incredible. And I know that one's like primarily singing. I'm not a huge musical fan, so that that usually like takes me out of it. Um, this this didn't do it for me. I wa- kind of wanted that whole. I like I said earlier. I wanted that Spider Man three thing where I was just like, this is hilarious. I love watching this now. Like I'll throw it over there next to Tenacious D. It'll be like a Saturday afternoon thing. I don't want to do that unless like you know. Large couple groups of people are going to gather to watch this movie oh, yeah. together for years to come. If I ever just had to kids. laugh hysterically <laughs> and dunk on this movie, people will make it an annual thing. They'll get together to just to, to tell those same jokes again. That's just how much they're gonna. It's gonna bring people together. It's gonna unite generations. This movie. I hope. I I don't see it happening, but I really hope. I really do. I was just thinking, how do you release a film in in the theater? Not finished. I mean, whatever Great loss question. you have to take. And up against Great Star question. Wars. Ugh, I know. Like I, I, they put it in the worst possible position, but I've never heard of a film that's literally not done yet 
especially yeah. in a blockbuster time of mm-hmm. year, and they just go ahead and throw it out there anyway. That seems to be damaging everyone involved, not just the studio, but you're besmirching the name of the director by not allowing him to finish his movie. The actors involved, despite their efforts, it just it seems like you'd want to protect all of the people invested in this project yeah. by not releasing it, even if they call it an emergency. They they did that with uh, Monuments Men, I believe. It came up to the time of the release, and then they pushed it back a little yeah. bit. I'm a, I'm a little tight on time, so can we... Uh Maybe blow off the two popes. Sure. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> we go to bo- go, I get a little spotlight with it. Huh? I love, no, I love the two popes. It's a great movie, but I just I'm I'm a little short yeah, on time. You said bombshell. You to blow off the two popes. <laughs> bombshell. Uh, bombshell is the uh, story of uh, Fox News and sexual misconduct with uh, Academy Award level performances from uh, Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, Margot Kidder. It's Ravi. Uh, Margot Robbie, sorry. Uh, the uh, the uh, story goes that you know Roger Ailes is a horrible human being. We all know that, uh, but this movie kind of gives you the the backstory of that, and, and it's very fair actually in how it portrays this kind of old school mentality in a new world and how out of place that is in this in this modern world. And really, it's always should have been out of place. It always should have been wrong, and for some reason, years ago, it wasn't <laughs> to them. It is always it's always been wrong, guys. It's always been wrong to treat people this way. But uh, apparently, people like Roger Ailes use that as a as a shield. Like, no, it wasn't. It was fine to pat a woman on the ass in the office back in the day. No, it wasn't. It never was. It was never okay. It was never okay. Uh, <laughs> and the way they justify it is, well, look, you're on screen. It's not so much the patting on the ass, but like the lifting the skirts up and. Uh, you're on screen. We need to be able to see what you look like. It's it does matter, and that's how he. One of the ways he tried to get away with it, and it, it's hard to watch. It is. It's really exceptionally well directed and really well made and extort, extraordinarily acted. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Charlize Theron and just embodies this character so brilliantly. She looks like Megyn Kelly, and she d- portrays her in a way that is not entirely sympathetic. It's it's sympathetic from this perspective of the movie absolutely you're on her side but it's still megan kelly <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and i felt i felt with her in every aspect aside from her being who she is um i i was with her throughout this and i was really impressed with the way they played that uh, and I, I just margot robbie is the composite character who stands in for the dozens of women who went through what roger ailes uh, put so many women through and you know, they even touch on the number of careers that he ended because, you know, there were women who was like, I won't do that. And he just ended them just right then and there, just ended them. They ended their careers, blackballed them. And, you know, MSNBC and CNN aren't out of this <laughs> they because they, they listened. When Roger said, don't hire them, a lot of them listened. Yeah, uh, you should read Ronan Farrow's book. Uh, Ronan Farrow about what, the Harvey Weinstein thing. NBC was not helpful. Yeah, <laughs> stood in his way a lot. Yeah, I, I would say the one problem I have with this movie because it's definitely a, it's a, it's, it's not quite liberal fan service, but there's a lot. It's it's head, head, heading that way. There's one scene where Margot Robbie's character says to Megyn Kelly, uh, "So you fucked him." you had sex with him or something like that. And she doesn't deny it. She moves on. And then it just kind of hangs out there. And it, so it, it's not implying, but it's not, not implying it either. They just kind of leave it there. She, and it, 
I don't think that's fair to Megan Kelly. You know, we got we talked about you know last week on uh, the other show, Richard Jewell. It's a very similar thing. Uh, I, it's and I don't know. I, I don't like Megan Kelly either, but at the same time, it was like she wasn't involved in the making of this at all, and it was just a one line that if you miss, you know, it, for I the did, most part, I missed it, so for the most part, you're just going to let it go it. and you're going to move on, which people probably did with Richard Jewell initially, uh, but it's. It's still something there that just kind of bugged me a little bit that they had it in there. But it is quick, and other than that, it's a pretty, a really solid movie. But this movie is also, it, it is so much better than than anything in Richard Jewell, anything remotely, because that movie is just mostly bad. Uh, this this movie, it does, it, it this is taking that subject, that, that movie kind of right. turns itself off on and actually doing something very important with it and being respectful of it. And uh, you know the idea that yeah maybe maybe some of these women did do things that they s- desperately didn't want to do but they did them because this is the reality of the situation that I'm in if I want to be where I want to be I have to do this thing that I sh- don't want to do uh, because the system is rigged against me and that's what this movie is saying it's not the movie doesn't blame them doesn't in any judge way them doesn't at all. there's no judgment there whereas Richard Jewell was judging her well yeah what Richard Jewell did is they blamed the entire media problem on her right when it was literally every other outlet yeah uh, she had a very very minor role in the whole thing uh what bombshell does great is you've all had that conversation with some right-wing person you know or why did they wait so long this really does nail down as good as you can why they waited so long and why you know why it took till they got fired before they came out and sued or whatever it really answers those questions i would like to think that it could convert somebody probably not based on some conversations i had a week or friday night with my son's or my nephew's birthday party jesus christ oh yeah there are people that honestly think russia and china are going to attack us like he's got a, oh it's insane it, oh god you don't have your bomb shelter ready <laughs> It is, and only one insane. man deemed by God can save us. And he's, oh. he's telling me, oh, "Holy Trump!" He's telling me how he knows this stuff, and he goes, "But it's classified." I'm like, "You're in the fucking National Guard." <laughs> you know, you're not working for the White House. They are not attacking us. <laughs> it was insane. Can I? Can I just go ahead and wish that though? I mean, can they attack us? Can we have the sweet meteor of death fall upon us? We live so close to the arsenal. No, thank you. <laughs> well, no. It, well, if we got attacked by Russia and China, there's a nuclear war. We're all dead. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. And quite frankly, I don't necessarily want to survive it, so I'm okay. Yes. Not having thank the tools. To- <laughs> I just want to be a cockroach person from cats. No, no, no. Jo- Josh wants to live in that road universe. <laughs> Oh, see, I only have been for that. If I am forced to survive in a post-apocalyptic world, I will think of that film often. Oh, I've got like saw blade shoulder pads. I'm going to go all Mad Max on this. I'm ready. (laughs) Bombshell is a fantastic movie. Go see it. Even though nobody did, it bombed. So there's that. It's a bad week to put it out. Well, it had been out in selected cities a few weeks before. Oh, okay, that. okay, gotcha. And it wasn't going to be a huge movie anyway. Uh, classic Uncanny. 
<laughs> the uncanny. Uh, this is we picked this because there's cats in it, and it's a much better cat movie. Uh, the the idea here is that Peter Cushing is an author who's written this uh, book based off of a theory that he has that uh, we don't own cats; cats own us, and cats are the ones who are actually in charge. And they've been conspiring against us all these years, eliminating anyone who might be able to tell the story. So we t- we've got three different stories of examples that he has from history where cats have done things to uh, change the course of humanity and change the course of their own lives, committing murders, specifically murdering people who might figure out <gasps> the cats are actually in charge. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They have magic. They've got uh, they've got magic cats. The cats with even more magical than Mr. Mistopheles, Actually, they can shrink people down so that they can be stomped on. Fuck! I should have watched this. <laughs> and then uh, the, uh, there's one cat that's uh, even more magical than the rest because he does all his stuff by himself and kills two people. Killed three people. Three people he killed. Right? Was it three, two or three that he I killed. Can't remember. He kills like two or three people by himself, using an Iron Maiden at one point, which was pretty awesome. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this. It's goofy as it is. I really had a good time. Ray Milland is in this, and uh, Peter Cushing and uh, Blofeld makes an appearance in this. <laughs> Donald Pleasance. They actually use a picture of Blofeld as one of his headshots because he plays a movie star in the movie, and there's a picture of him as Blofeld holding a cat, because he's holding cats. That's the cat. There's a tie in there. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I enjoyed this a lot for no good reason. I, I I don't know. I didn't not enjoy it, but it wasn't, I'm not going to remember it. It wasn't a ton of fun. It's more on the side of like the the burnt offerings than it is. Burnt offerings. Uh, You picked uh, a like the Venn diagram of Star Wars and cats couldn't possibly have gone better <laughs> together. I mean, Grand Moff Tarkin in a cat movie. It's Come on, on my part. Yeah, yeah, really. And and uh, you know what? I did have fun with it for a while um, because I knew that it was low budget. I knew that everyone was uh, over the top with their performances. I and loved Peter it, Cushing. He was yes. So, he's so committed. The, every time he sees a cat, he's just uh, his eyes are darting left and right, and he's just he's nervous and scared. Like the cats are going to hear him. Those are particular eyes too. His <laughs> face does something more than most faces. Yeah, it's I mean, wonderful. he's I, a walking skeleton when he's on <laughs> screen, so it makes a difference. Uh, I did wonder so when it comes to a movie like this, or or the birds, for example. Mm-hmm. What when when birds or cats are attacking? Like, it just it defies all. W- thought of what i would do if they were attacking me which is like find a door you know get the hell out of there blah blah blah. these people just let it happen to them and i i know that that's what the plot requires but i was uh trying to inject logic in a film that had no logic whatsoever and it was supposed to I be not put just the birds cheesy in this conversation oh, oh birds yeah. is a great movie. the birds is a great movie I, i'm talking <laughs> about uh, specific actions by characters to just kind of ah hold up their hands while birds peck at them People tend to freeze though when they're attacked. 
That's you, true. You don't you don't expect uh, <laughs> expect right. a cat to laugh. I love the. Oh, I gotta say the gore in this movie is spectacular. <laughs> that woman, the cats eat this old woman, and her corpse is so beautifully convincing. And then the corpse of the of the maid. I thought that was really exceptional, uh, an exceptional piece of uh, of design in that scene. For such a low budget, forgettable movie, that was the the effort they put into that. I thought was really great. Did, yep. Go ahead. Did you know that uh, if you were to die and the cat runs out of food, the, the first thing it's going to eat are your eyelids. Yeah. A cat's favorite snack is human eyelids. You that is an actual fact. This, you can see, and that that's in this movie. that's why like I need to watch this movie. I didn't. I on didn't. YouTube know about for this. might even be free. I paid it's a dollar on for it. Yeah, it's on it Prime. was on Prime. I'm getting off work at three tomorrow. I'm watching the <laughs> hell out of this because this sounds like my kind of time. Are the cats like animated or are they no, like, real, they're, like cats. real cats? Oh my god, played yes. by real cats. It, and I love that again. That's it's it's one of those wonderfully ch- cheesy, silly pieces of direction. But the way that this director shoots the cats to try and make them seem menacing is hilarious. Oh yes, it's wonderful. I just loved that. Like just cutting to shots of cats who could not care less that there's a camera <laughs> on them, but he's got that music spike going on. <laughs> just da-da! and the cat's like the cat's this is just doing a cat thing. He's like, you didn't care at all. This that could jam. be construed as an evil look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One point, he just there's this white cat, and he just goes as close to the cat's face as possible to try and make it seem menacing. <laughs> and he's kind of a grumpy looking cat, so yeah, it works. I'm down for that. I have uh, I've got two cats at home. <laughs> the other day, like one of my cats always sleeps on me. This is a quick story, all the time. And I woke up to the other cat mauling the shit out of her on my legs. Yikes. Right before my alarm went off. That's how I woke up for work the other day. <laughs> Bleeding legs and cats flying around uh, everywhere. So I no think they're you. onto something with this cat. When, when you watch this movie, then, uh, note the cat's actions. Uh, there's a lot of meowing going oh, on in I'm this film. The dog and both cats were kind of looking around the entire time. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> My cat Speed 2 Penelope oh. Cruise Control is uh What? Yeah. That is a fantastic name. Thank, Thank you. you for that. Thank you. Has a goatee and a, a teardrop marking. So like <laughs> I already think she's gonna fucking kill me. Uh, <laughs> flashing gang too. signs at yeah, you oh, as she walks into the hall. <laughs> she may or may not be a Latin king. <laughs> 1989. <laughs> Born on the 4th of July, a former classic. We None of us yeah, liked no. it when we talked about it. Uh, Roger and Me. Love like, it. Great excellent classic film. film. But I Josh love the, saw something the, amazing. Well, yeah, the, just to play on Roger and Pete, the, the, the moment that he um, confronts the CEO of, is it GM? Yeah. That's, that's some is. real good cinema right it there. It really is. And then Tango and Cash. Josh went and watched it. Josh had never seen this before. No. Within the first five minutes, I laughed out loud three times because they were just fitting all of the cliches in there (laughs) at once. Okay? And in the things that he says, like, Rambo's a pussy. Oh, I get it. It's meta because you're... These cops play by their own rules. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This one plays by the rules. This one doesn't. Will they get along? (laughs) Come talk to us in 90 minutes. Oh, God. Uh, there's there's a lot of running around and shooting 
shooting at things in this film. The plot is your typical, we got set up, we've got to take revenge out on these people. But everyone is committed to their particularly shitty character in this movie, (laughs) including my favorite Jack Palance shows on screen. What in the hell are you doing in this movie? And then I thought to myself, (laughs) eating it, chewing it with just his bare hands. It reminded me of the scene in Batman in 89 yeah. where he he's the leader and he's telling his people what to do. And here he is again, just belting it to the back of the room because he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, the casting is brilliant. The large jawed guide for Maniac Cop is, is in the movie. Uh, looking like Mickey Rourke from Sin City. Uh, oh. The whole thing is magical. Um, the music is... It's Harold Faltermeyer of, of Beverly Hills Cop and Top Gun fame. And this is by far one of the worst scores I've ever heard. And it fits perfectly in with the quality of the material. It's it's very poor. Uh, all of it is cliche, poor. <laughs> just They're all uh, uh, dripping with sweat and gleam. And it's so terribly fantastic. Yeah, that wonderful scene where uh, Terry Hatcher's giving him a, a massage and yeah. it looks like they're, sa- they're having sex. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, no one's ever gotten that excited giving me a massage before. <laughs> Maybe it would be better if they did. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I had a hard time having fun. I don't know. It's just Stallone's so bad in it. I know he's committed, but he's committed the wrong way like kurt russell at least is at least somewhat kind of a poor man's rigs <laughs> but, <laughs> but he kind of pulls it off and but stallone's so bad in it that i don't know it just hurts me i can't I have a hard time watching it because of how bad stallone is. <laughs> so the lethal weapon lover in him is just like think you're taken from my movie here it's it <laughs> wants to be lethal weapon yeah. without you know the you know the mixed race buddies <laughs> or or even the craftsmanship of somebody as light on craftsmanship as richard donner right uh, in fact the the first director for this movie didn't even finish it i yeah. noticed that uh, he'd been replaced by another one who i hadn't heard of before but worked with prince a lot uh so since this is a warner brothers film warner brothers guy he just said can you please finish this movie that's all we care about it's so cheesy and so dumb but you can't help but just i mean i can't help but just kind of appreciate how, how terrible it all is but. oh yeah i can imagine watching this a lot like <laughs> whenever i want to go back to the 80s and just experience that like they even did a carl weathers arnold schwarzenegger thing with the hands come on that's amazing yeah, yeah. I almost expected the director to say Joel Schumacher on it, in fact. <laughs> the gratuitous butt scene in the shower. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean... It's, this, it's definitely very close to Roadhouse. It's this very was the year of Roadhouse, this, No Holds Barred, and none of them are movies I'm like, I had that much, especially No Holds Barred. That was not fun at all. This <laughs> you, is... You need to watch these movies with other people, I think. I need to not watch Midsummer ever, and then... <laughs> I think that's what hurt me with the like, uncanny as well. destroyed this podcast. <laughs> We've seen the possibilities. I think it's working on you a little bit, too, though. <laughs> definitely. Uh, that is our show. Uh, I know there's other movies that come from '89, but we were going to move them the next week. Uh, unless you guys saw Always, I was, it's not much for '89. Long time ago. Yeah. Uh, next week, Uncut Gems, Spies in Disguise, Little Women, 
Our year in review in lieu of our classic. And then I would say Spies in Disguise is a maybe. Spies in Disguise is a maybe. Our uh, 89 always in the Puppet Master. <laughs> I get, as, part of my, as part of my continuing growing old grumpiness, I'm, I'm tolerating animated movies a little bit less. Even foregoing the pay that I get to see them. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, in my opinion, I've said it before, critics shouldn't watch comedies, horror movies, and anime. I mean, because he can say it's not funny all day long, but you, that's subjective. You can say it's not scary all day long, but it does, it's some, what scares one person doesn't, you know, doesn't scare someone else. So, so. don't see any movies is what he said. No, no, no. I, I mean, said no comedy. No, you said every genre. I said two. <laughs> Comedy and horror. If it doesn't have that red tomato, just don't watch it. That's what he's. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's certain movies deserve. Yeah, but I mean, Adam Sandler's not trying to impress him. No, <laughs> neither is some of those horror movies that come out. But that's next week. Uh, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Let's start at our key grip level with uh, Charlie Messing and Jason Bryant. Our craft service levels that Cove Maker. <laughs> Our character actor level, Josh and Beth Paul, Christina Cato, and Cousin Jeff. And then our special effects level, Sarah Morell and Corey Finneran. If you want to be a Patreon supporter, I hate critics.net slash Patreon. Best way to help support the podcast. And we will be making some changes to the perks uh, early next year. Uh, anything else before we need to get going? Best of the year next week. Yep. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks. Get ready to hear about Midsummer more next week. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of A24 next week. There's like five in my top ten. It's all about Booksmart. <laughs> it's all about Booksmart. <laughs> well, it'll be an honorable mention, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. Uh, anything else, or are we done? Do you want... I'm I just, gotta, we gotta go. I gotta keep going. Yeah. All you right. guys can do flick chart if you want. You guys wanna hang out and do flick chart without Sean? Yeah, why I'm not? up for it. Go for it. Why not? We're gonna talk about RoboCop. We're gonna totally ruin this list. <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, yes. we have a chance now. Usually, yeah. usually, Sean and I are like on the same page. That is true. Yeah. Hell yeah. See you. Sean. See you. Have a good night. All right. Four hours later. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, the dogs don't attack him. The Jerk, 1979, or Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber. The Jerk. That's the Jerk. We're older, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what though I just saw that a couple years ago so uh, yeah Cheetah 1989 or First Blood 1982 I've first never blood. seen Cheetah First Blood so yeah all day. First Blood all day <laughs> I just, Rambo's a pussy <laughs> Lawnmower Man Chinatown Chinatown <laughs> Chinatown uh, <laughs> Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, The Passion of the Christ. Snow White. Yeah, Snow White. Even I know what your answer is. Though. Oh, it's The Passion of the Christ. Best tortured porn movie ever yeah. made. I don't really like Snow White all that much, but I don't like that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not into Passion of the Christ. Big fan of the torture porn genre. Ooh. <laughs> Didn't have enough poop for me. <laughs> yeah, he saw Sallow, by the way. Yeah, oh, God. Oh. oh. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, that was an experience. Oh, von Scheiße. <laughs> All right, let's see how the internet's going to help me out here. Good old AT&T wireless. Uh, 
Clueless, Thor, The Dark World. Clueless. I'll go Clueless, but I don't dislike Thor, The Dark World like everyone else. When I was 16 and Clueless came out, it was a nice, perfect little thin diagram between my maturity and uh, Alicia Silverstone's hotness coming (laughs) together to form Clueless. And she calls her her love interest at the end of the film, his name is Josh. So he's saying my name. She's saying my name over and over again. And I, <laughs> I just ate that right up. I saw that movie for the first time last year. Huh. When I, I moved in with my girlfriend, she had that in a stack of movies. And I was like, I've literally never seen that. And I know that's one of her favorites. So we popped it in. I fell asleep in the theater. Not that it was bad or anything like that. But I mean, I had the Aerosmith videos. So it was good. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, the Lorax, Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke. I'll go with the Lorax. Cool Hand Luke. By a lot. Cabaret, Speed 2, Cruise Control. (laughs) Destiny, it's Speed 2 right there all the way. Yeah, I'll go with that. Cabaret's a musical, Bob Fosse thing, if I'm not mistaken. No thanks. Uh, Let me get rid of this old-ass movie. All right, Mystic River, Into the Wild. Mystic River. I don't think I've seen either. It's Mystic River. Even though I do kind of like Into the Wild. 2001, A Space Odyssey, Galaxy Quest. 2001, Galaxy Quest all day. Have you seen 2001? (laughs) (laughs) I love Galaxy Quest, don't get me wrong, but 2001. I know, but I I can watch Galaxy Quest again. I can watch that like tonight. I could probably watch Galaxy Quest every day. Yeah. I'd watch 2001 every day. Oh, I don't that, have that that's time, just the man. kind of deepness that I desire out of oh. my life. <laughs> I guess when I sometimes there's a story of movies you go to bed watching. I I would never do that with anything Cooper did. <laughs> no, <laughs> I like I want to be. I don't know. I just want to experience all of it when I watch his movies. But you got to really be in the mood for it. That's true. National Lampoon's Van Wilder Apocalypto. Oh, uh, oh, uh, this is hard. Not because you know there's a clearly a disparity between the quality of the film but <laughs> i love ryan reynolds in that movie so much uh i'll, I'll go with van wilder i like apocalypto though yeah i'll go with the movie that ruined the name naomi i'll go with van <laughs> wilder all day i i love van wilder mm. uh commando 310 to yuma the 2007 version 310 to yuma 310 to yuma can't remember did you like commando or not I hated Commando. That was what I... I was hoping for a Tango and Cash situation out of Commando, and it just... Oh, it's so terrible. There's, like, Red Heat and Commando, Schwarzenegger, and then there's Kindergarten Cop, Predator, Terminator, you know? I know there's some love for Commando out there, but to me, it's it's the worst Schwarzenegger movie. Toy Story 3 or The Godfather Part 2? This is way closer than I thought it'd be. Whoa. One makes me tear up every time I watch it, and the other one's just like a damn good mobster movie. Yeah, it's hard. That one's hard. I'll say Toy Story 3 for rewatchability factor on most other things, though. They kind of line up. It's the only mob movie like that that I really enjoy. I'll go Toy Story. I'll go Godfather, but I'm not mad at you for going to a story. I mean, I don't know. It felt like the movie had stakes. What we talked about with Star Wars. Like, I legit thought they're the shot some of them was not going to come out of that. 
That fire. I actually just watched Toy Story 4 for the first time, like, two weeks ago. I liked it better than that. I, I honestly, I dismissed it. I didn't think I was going to be that good, but I enjoyed I it. I don't remember. I don't remember like Do we like it or not? I feel like you and I were against I wasn't Sean. on the show at that point, actually. So you guys er- must have talked about it year. in July. Well, Michael must have came on. I feel like whoever was there with me, we were up against Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got a lot of fun moments, and Forky is a wonderful character. But oh, Forky was great. I mean, I, I think of the other three mm-hmm. first before this one. Mm-hmm. Three's still my favorite out of all of them, but I I respect four. I'm actually with you. I think three is my favorite as Mm -hmm. well. Men in Black 2, The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Yeah. The Avengers American Swing Swap Swap Party. Huh. Whoa, go on. I'm going to write this one down real quick. (laughs) This is a a different flick chart. American Swing. All right. (laughs) The Avengers. Well, I'll just pick a new one. I haven't seen American Swing yet. Yet. (laughs) Haven't seen even the two yet. Avengers Borat. Borat. Yeah, Borat. Yeah, Avengers is a lot of fun, though. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, District Nine, Bridget Jones Diary. Oh, <laughs> District, just yeah, District Nine. Oh, I feel like I need to defend District <laughs> this, this, Nine because it always gets shot is, done. I don't in, think in it this. does because you and I actually That's agree right. on this. Yes, one. but I I do have a very soft spot for Bridget Jones as the series and, and as well as the first book. So, oh. It's the Richard Curtis problem. He does so much good stuff that I like, so I'll go with Bridget Jones. I'll go District 9. This not is more of a – what's the guy that directed that? Blomkamp. Uh, uh, him not getting the alien project off the ground or whatever and, and Elysium not being very good and Chappie, you know, I like it, but it's middling at best. Uh I enjoyed Elysium until we came into the podcast and you guys just started turning it apart. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. I liked Elysium too until I started talking to people and I'm like, oh, do I suck? Do I hate like good movies? Like, what's up with me? Because I liked, I liked Elysium and then I walked out and everyone's like, that movie sucks. What's wrong with you? And Chappie, I think if they took out Diane Wood, it would have been fine. I really, I, I know why they were there. I'm not a Diane Wood fan. I just I didn't really care for their acting. It kind of took me out of it. That's the most grating part of the film. Yep. I agree. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. There's something about Mary. There's something about Mary. Fear and loathing. I don't know. I still can't decide if Fear and Loathing is a movie I like. <laughs> I can't decide if it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a feeling, man. Yeah, it's a fever dream. Yeah. Apparently, like cats. Yeah, man. It's a. It's just a. I'll go Fear and Loathing, but it's hard for me. I like them both. Top Gun, Speed Two, Cruise Control. <laughs> I gotta go Speed oh Two, man. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. I'll go with Top Gun. Um, I also only saw Speed Two, Cruise Control in the theater, mind you, because there was an Alien Resurrection teaser trailer <laughs> beforehand. So I stayed and watched the movie. Oh and uh, oh, that's real dedication to your six fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed watching Sandra Bullock for an hour and forty mm-hmm. minutes. But beyond that, it's. It is what it is. I like your cat's name way better Thank than you. the movie. Thank you. She already was named Penelope, and I was like, I got to spruce this up. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yep. It's in her vet records. Uh, I guess I'll go Top Gun. Uh, the Lookout or Die Hard? Die Hard. I'm not seeing The Lookout, I think. 
I haven't either. I have once, but Die Hard. Well, you pick Die Hard. I'll just go with Die Hard. <laughs> Bad Boys 2, Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Oh, my God. Chasing Amy. Yeah. You guys excited about Bad Boys 3? I'll, yeah. I'm going to watch it, but I, I, I'm going to try not to get excited. <laughs> yeah. The, the only... Like, we, you know how I feel about Michael Bay. And then Joe Carnahan had Project... Yeah, that would have been so much fun to see what Joe Carnahan would have done with it. But now I don't I don't know the director and they're putting it in I think February. And it's an odd spot for that. I guess yeah. summer movie season is kind of all year round now, but it's a summer movie in a weird spot without what made the first two so ridiculous but fun, which is Michael Bay stuff and those two just riffing. So it's going to go down like Alita. Like it's going to be this movie that I'm sure there's going to be a small audience, but no one's going to watch it. I I really don't think so. (laughs) I looked in the trailer that they kind of lost their chemistry a little bit, (laughs) at least to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I think that's, I I hope that's part of it. Cause like that could be too. I I hope it's just, that's part of it. Like they're getting old and that's kind of playing. And I'm sure one of them will get retired or he'll die. One, something's going to happen. They're not both going to be cops. By the end, one of them dies. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd be surprised. Most movies don't have the balls to do something. I would like to see it. I would like to, I mean, it's been a little bit since we've seen some Michael Bay, like, go crazy i guess like well he did put out that sixth underground or whatever it's called which i haven't bothered to watch (laughs) but this will be like it'll be interesting to see michael bay kind of get into that not franchise but kind of franchise craziness territory that he kind of thrives in yeah now he's just in he michael bay is in his um shoot him out mode where he's playing call of duty on screen for a few movies in a row he realized that transformers was better outside of his control so now he's off doing this and oh, God. we'll see I, I, so I love glad. Bumblebee so I much. Have to go see another Did you see Bumblebee ever? Yeah, I liked Bumblebee. Oh my God, that first that first fifteen minutes of Bumblebee where it was all OG Transformers. Oh my God. I yeah, I oh mean, you God. need another napkin, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Good way to end the show. <laughs> I don't get to talk about.